If you're a health entrepreneur, coach, or practitioner that wants to turn your expertise into a high six or seven figure virtual business with less stress, so you can impact more people at a deeper level while making more money and enjoying a greater quality of life in the process, then the Health Printer Podcast is for you. I'm your host, Uriel Kame. I'm a former pro athlete, leading health expert, New York Times bestselling author, and the founder of Healthpreneur, where I help experts just like you create and fill high-end virtual coaching programs that create dream come true results for your clients. Now, for a free and in-depth training on how to do just that without manual prospecting, one-on-one coaching, or having to spend years building your online following, head on over to healthpreneurgroup.com forward slash training and jump on to our seven-figure health business blueprint training today. And now, let's get to today's episode. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Today, I've got a really great guest on with me. A buddy of mine who's one of the original gangsters. He's been online way back since, uh, probably actually before I even started. I think he's been online since the early 2000s. His name is Jason Ferruja, also known as Jay Ferruja. And he is a fitness and lifestyle consultant with over 20 years of professional experience working with athletes, celebrities, military personnel, and entrepreneurs. Uh, Since 1994, he's helped thousands of people transform their bodies and change their lives. He's been featured in men's fitness, men's health, muscle and fitness, MMA sports, maximum fitness, ESPN, and a whole bunch of other places. Now, Jason, um, he is a really, he's, again, he's, he's experienced a lot of success online. And what we're going to be talking about today is the truth about success and really understanding the difference between what he's recognized over the years, uh, the difference between success and fulfillment as it pertains, especially as it pertains to building a business online. Because Jay and I have both been through a very similar journey. And I think you're gonna get a lot of value out of this. This is a really wisdom rich episode. So sit tight, don't go anywhere. Grab a green juice, grab a sip of water. If you're in the car or walking your dogs or doing something else, then buckle down. This is going to be a good one. So without any further ado, let's welcome Jay Fruja to the show. Jay, what's up, buddy? Welcome to the Health Printer Podcast. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Great to have you here, my friends. You've got an amazing podcast yourself, guys. If you are not listening to, what is it, the Renegade Health Show? No, uh, Renegade Radio. Renegade, Renegade Radio. Renegade Radio, that's right. I was thinking of Kevin Johnny. I don't even know. Renegade Radio, amazing podcast. I've been fortunate enough to be on the show. You've got an amazing, amazing following. And... Um, you're just a good dude, and you've got a shaved head like I do, so that's always good. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Yeah, for sure. So let's 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 jump into today's topic of conversation, which is this whole notion of achievement versus fulfillment. Something you love speaking about. Let's talk about how all this came about for you. Yeah, so I'd say you know for the first thirty-five to thirty-eight years of my life, I was mistaken that right. I, I mean, I grew up kind of in fear of a lot of things based on my, my early days, my parents and whatnot, which, you know, that could be a whole nother hour talk, but, uh, it led to me being insecure and shy and and just scared to come out of my shell and do things. So, so I built up this wall and this kind of facade of, I got bigger and stronger and, you know, no one, no one in my family weighs more than 150 pounds. And I I got up to like nearly two thirty, and, uh, and it was just really this suit of armor that was, you know, I was hiding behind, hiding behind the tattoos and the the angry guy kind of personality and stuff like that, and the rebellious guy. And uh, I thought I was happy, and so I never worked on myself. I, I buried myself in work because that's what we do 
in our culture, right? Everyone prides himself on, uh, I'm always grinding, I'm hustling, I'm working. And so I did that. And despite all my issues, I was successful. I built up a really successful business, got a bunch of magazines, uh, successful online. But by what definition of success? Like I was making a lot of money, but I was still never happy. I was always angry. I was still the same guy. I was just this big, insecure, uh, socially awkward guy who had no close relationships, wouldn't let people in, didn't know how to connect, didn't know how to communicate. And... Finally, I just realized, you know, seven years ago, I had to get out of Jersey because I kind of had this awakening and I realized that that environment triggers behaviors and some people can make those change changes where they are. I just wasn't strong enough at the time. And I heard something from uh, 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 Henry Rollins talking about, you know, get out and reinvent yourself and you should always do that. So I was like, you know what? I got to get out of here. There's too much baggage and, and too much connection to my past. And uh, too many people that are bringing me down like crabs in a bucket. So, so I moved out to the West Coast and I started to dig deeper on what really would make me happy. And I, I've heard, heard Tony Robbins talk about it, you know, achievement versus fulfillment. And, and I was making that mistake. So I was just trying to get bigger, stronger and make a lot of money. And every time I did any of those things, I was never happier. And so I kind of just looked at the people that were living the life I wanted and I was like, yes, some of these guys aren't making half the money I am. They're not uh, obsessed with training the way I am, but they're super fulfilled. And they're happy and they have great relationships. And so I was like, I, I got to shift my focus for a while. Business can go on the back burner. Uh, you know, learning about it and obsessing about it, reading all these business books. Same thing with training. Let me start reading books about, you know, human nature and psychology and just being better at these things that are holding me back. And let me get around those people who are good at that so I can learn by osmosis and, you know, the cliche of the five people you spend the most time with, uh, get around those kind of people and observe them. Okay, they do this, they do that. How can I start to push myself out of my comfort zone to be better with people and to communicate more uh, more effectively? Because that's the most important thing in life, right? It's, it's your people skills. It's not your technical skills. So in this case, we're talking to health entrepreneurs. So it's not necessarily how much you know about macros or periodization or back squats. That all helps. You have to be really good at your craft. Sure, it's not your sales and marketing techniques. Again, that's good. You need to get people in the door to teach them what you know about macros. But at the end of the day, it's people skills. That's the most important thing. And when you develop those people skills, uh, for me, it just, and everyone I've worked with, it just helps you to have much more meaningful connection. And that's what people are missing, right? Everyone wants connection. We all want community. Um, you know, we're, tr we're tribal beings. And so, I mean, I could just ramble on and on, but basically, you know, by, by focusing on that, it, my life dramatically changed. Yeah, that's awesome. So for you, like, you know, going from like very you focus and business focus to now kind of getting more perspective on uh, connection relationships, what are some habits or practices that maybe you still adopt or you started to adopt to start to really build those relationships in a meaningful way? And and what were some of the initial, you know, maybe not just with relationships, with just relationships, but just general lifestyle practices that helped you get more fulfillment outside of just making money? Yeah, so it was, it was like, again, you know, I was focused so much on myself. So I had to shift from an internal focus to an external focus. When I woke up every day, instead of what can I get, what can I give? Muhammad Ali said service to others is the rent you pay for your room here on earth. Mm -hmm. And I was just too much all about myself. Even though, you know, I'm training people and they're getting scholarships and stuff like that, it was still just me, 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 if I'm really being honest with myself. So instead of, you know, how much more money can I make, how can I fix my problems, it was how many people can I engage today? How many people can I make smile? Who can I help? 
Um, and then I just studied conversational skills and just started to talk about myself less and listen more. And, and we're never taught that. We're never taught those things in school, how to be a better listener. So I just made it my number one priority because I was awful at it. So I would, I would read books about it. Like I said, I would study it. And they would say the number one characteristic of successful people is they make other people feel important. So I, I found that every time I was reading these types of books, they would always use stories about Bill Clinton and Oprah and Arnold. And I've been fortunate enough to get to know Arnold well. Uh, I wouldn't say well, but better uh, <laughs> over the years because he, when he first started getting back into fitness a few years back, I was one of the first five people he contacted to to write for the site and to be an advisor. So I was lucky enough to get invited to uh, a couple of his movie release parties and whatnot. And just to be around him and to see the way he does it, it's such a gift. It makes people feel so good. He actually uh, came up to Jen and I, my wife and I at the bar at one of these movie release parties. And he tells Jen to have, uh, he's like, you got to try the margaritas here. And that, that in itself was awesome that I had this little exchange with you know, someone I idolized growing up. Six months later, we're at another movie release party. And imagine how many people Arnold has uh, encountered and interacted with during that time. Comes up to Jen at the bar. And this is after he's working the political set and the fitness set. And he's talking to Stallone. And he comes up and he says, hey, you got to try the chocolate martinis here. Remember, I never steer you wrong on drink recommendations and I was like oh my god like my head exploded and I was like wow that is special that's more important than anything so that's the kind of stuff I really want to pay attention to and and work on so and just being present you know I was consciously in the guy who looks at my phone less than anybody else and and then I, I I think so many people go through life or at least I did not aware of my body language like what is my body language showing what is my face showing um do I pause and show that I absorbed something when someone says it? Or am I just a guy waiting to talk and jumping in and interrupting people? All these small things that I think people overlook so much. And then because I was timid and shy, you know, I learned that science has proven that if you speak in a strong, kind of strong voice and use strong body language and strong gestures, uh, all these things will, will make you feel more confident. And then that just changes the way people perceive you. So I would just track this stuff, like almost like you would track PRs in the gym. Like at the end of the day, review in my journal, okay, how many compliments did I give today? How many questions did I ask people to start a conversation? At first it was really hard. Like it sounds crazy, but it was really hard to do. And I just, you know, continually just worked to get better and better and better. And I found that things like, like role playing, for example, if that's not who I am now, maybe I'll go out and say, okay, I'm as charismatic as the rock when I walk into this room, or you may, maybe make it more relatable. Like I'm as uh, charismatic and engaging and as entertaining as my buddy, Mike, when I walk into the room, I would do all these things, like anything I could think of, I would use visualization, right? So we use this for sports. Why not for that? So before I would go to a social event, a party, a meeting, a workshop, I'd know, okay, I got 35 years of going into these things, sitting in the corner, barely talking, being standoffish. Now, how do I want to visualize myself? I'm going to be smiling. I'm going to uh, see in my mind and feel how my posture is going to be, uh, how I'm going to engage people, how I'm going to make other people smile. And over time, it just becomes, you know, it, it just becomes who you are and you just continue to push yourself out there and, and uh, it becomes more and more natural. And then now, now it's funny. I mean, again, I could go on with, with, with tactics and ideas for hours, but it's funny nowadays people know me as the super connector. Like I have friends who are celebrities and pro wrestlers, pro wrestlers and athletes, and they'll say, oh, you got to meet Jay. He knows everybody. He knows everybody. Oh, he, he knows somebody who can do that for you. He knows somebody who can connect you or, or whatever. It's, 
And it's like some of the situations and scenarios I'm in nowadays, I honestly can't even believe. But, man, I put a lot of work into it. Like it just it just doesn't happen, right? So I think we know for our business we got to work every day. We know that to take your squat from 135 to 315, you got to squat. But so many people don't focus on like this type of stuff like oh that's just who I am you write that narrative in your head oh I'm just quiet I'm socially awkward I have no friends whatever like you're not going to get better at it if you don't prioritize it and work on it all the time and it changes your life so much like my business is better now than it's ever been I have coaching clients who are making significantly more money than they ever were but it's really just because of this we barely even tweaked their their business plan that much And, and that's the thing you can give people the best business plan in the world just like you can give them the best diet or workout plan but until you fix what's in your head and what's in your heart and address some of these issues, it's all useless anyway. You're going to sabotage it anyway. That's right. That's why like being an entrepreneur is, I, I believe, one of the best spiritual journeys you can go on because your business is a direct byproduct of your own personal growth. So right. it, it's amazing to see, you know, when you compare our journeys to like an employee's journey, it's a very, very different trajectory, I think, for um, in a lot of cases. So I want to ask you about you know, building relationships uh, and really emphasizing that because you have an amazing podcast and you've been doing the podcast for like, what, a decade probably now? Uh, no, no, not that long, but no. I appreciate that it feels like it's, that. It no. seems like that. <laughs> but what's, so for, for me, for instance, I love the pod, I love podcasting because I love having conversations like this. Um, yeah. For you, was having your podcast maybe a subconscious way of starting to develop those relationships and and above and beyond the podcast, like what are some things that you do to show people that you care, to build those relationships, to say, hey, like I focus, you know, here's the, here are the things that I do to help people know that I care about them, that I treasure what we've built. What are some of the things that you've done to, to help that process? So you're, it was actually more of a conscious decision. It wasn't even unconscious. I knew that having the podcast could help me yep. uh, have these conversations and build more relationships and so what I'll do, for example, is with the, with the podcast specifically, when I know someone's coming over to do the podcast, I have the rest of the day blocked off free because I know when they get here, we're going to hang out, have coffee, talk for 45 minutes. We'll record for an hour or two. And then afterwards, I want to be totally open. If they say, hey, you want to go train? Yep. They want to go eat dinner? Yep. Want to go chill out and just uh, go to the beach? Yep. Whatever they want to do, I'm going to spend the next four hours with them. And I can't tell you uh, how many times I've done that where I just you know spend the entire day with someone who's a guest and we hit it off. And, and then what I'll do, no matter who I meet, is I have a rule. Within 48 hours, they're always going to get a follow-up from me. So no, I always tell people, take the reins. The ball is always in your court. Never let someone else do this because people won't just do it. They're quote-unquote too busy or just they won't do it. People just aren't great at this. So I don't give out business cards. I don't give out my number. I get their number. I get their email, all that. Within 48 hours, they're going to get a text message. They're maybe going to get an audio message, maybe a video message, uh, an email, whatever it is. I'm going to also, within 48 hours, if appropriate, if it's forced and it's weird, I'm not going to do it. But if it makes sense, I'm going to connect them with at least one to two other people. And I'm always going to set the time, especially if it's somebody local. Like uh, I've had, I'm lucky enough to live in, uh, run around LA. So, Oftentimes, great guests are local. So I'll say, hey, we record on a Tuesday. I'll get their info and I'll say, all right, let's meet up Friday at uh, Bulletproof Coffee at 11. And I'll just lock it down. Like You can't be vague. You can't wait for other people to do it. Always take the responsibility. So now that's what I do 
it's funny, like my, my wife jo- jokes around that I'm, a, I'm an event planner because I'm just constantly yeah. planning stuff. And I, I do it for all my friends now. So I'm constantly telling people, hey, I'm getting Pearl Jam tickets for this date. We're going. Hey, we're going to go to Montana. Are you free this week? Let's get it booked this week. Uh, we're going to the comedy store. Our favorite guys are there on Wednesday. Let's go. So I constantly do that stuff and just push myself. And a lot of people will be like, well, nobody ever calls me. And that was me for years. Oh, nobody ever calls me. Nobody asked me to do anything. Oh, my friends are jerks or people don't like me. That's not the case. You're just telling yourself that story. People will thank you if you start to do all this stuff for them. It makes their life easier. Now, you could say, well, you're busy too. Yeah, I'm busy too. But I, I prioritize that because I realize how important it is. So those are just a few of the things. And just, you know, uh, I, I think just, just taking the reins and always following up is, is crucial. Yeah, it's so good. I mean, like you're, you're essentially stepping into a leadership role in a bigger way. It's mm-hmm. like you're taking responsibility for the fact that you think this is something important. It's not going to happen magically by itself. And I think people appreciate that because, I mean, there's a whole paradox of choice and overwhelm. It's like, hey, what do you want to do tonight? I don't know. What do you want to do? <laughs> right. Like, if you make the choice for them, it's like going to a restaurant and the restaurant has one option for dinner. It's very yeah. freeing. Mm-hmm. And I think people appreciate that, which is awesome. And I think it's like it's it's, you know, whether you're, you know, if you've got kids or even with your clients, people are turning to you as the leader. So it's like take the reins, lead by example, just show them the path and, and commit to those relationships. So I think it's it's really awesome. Well, you brought up such a great point there. It's just another way. You said it. It's another way for you to become a better leader. Yeah. So it, it sounds kind of crazy and trivial, but I always tell guys, hey, you want to become a better leader? When you're out with your friends and you're at O'Brien's and you're going to go to the next bar, don't be the guy who says, I don't care. Where do you want to go? Where do you want to go? Say, hey, we're going down the street to this place. We're going here. We're doing this. Like Any opportunity you have to stand up and practice your leadership skills, do it. You know, If you're somewhere... If you're at an improv show and people say, hey, can, does anyone want to come up on stage? Jump up. Like, do it. Just be the leader all the time. Yep. Absolutely. And people, yeah, I mean, again, like, people appreciate that. And I also think, like, you know, from, and I really believe this with, with podcasting, I think, like, a lot of people podcast and they miss the boat. They, like, they think it's a 30-minute interview and then it's done. It's like, <laughs> right. no, you have someone's, like, in your case, in, their, in, your, in your place or in your house. Yeah. What an opportunity to start a relationship, right? Or further yeah. that relationship. And I think so many people just like, they just want to get some cool person on, on the show. And then it's like, okay, we'll email you in a couple of weeks when it's live and you can send it to your followers. It's like, right. oh, you guys missed the boat on this big time. <laughs> yeah, so, totally. No, it's, it's funny. We have, uh, we have parties all the time because uh, a great book to read on this is, is Never Read Alone. Yeah. Keith Ferrazzi, and he talks about you know getting people together that you don't know. And so, so we have parties quite a bit. And uh, at a recent one we had for, I don't know if it was UFC or something, my friend Jay says to me, he goes, dude, look around this room. It's absolutely crazy, like the level of, of uh, pro athletes and, and wrestlers and entrepreneurs and authors and multimillionaires, and they're all here because of you. And, and I kind of got emotional because I can't tell you how many nights I spent through my teens and 20s where I hung out alone. There's no one around. So for me, it's a fantasy just to have that. And, and the funny thing is, I'd say 70% of those people were guests on the podcast and that's mm-hmm. how I got to know them, you know? Yep. Yeah, we, um, I mean, in Toronto, <clears throat> very much like LA, there's a huge hub of, of people in our space and entrepreneurs. And I started this trend about a year and a half ago. I call them wine and shines. So every, I'd say every four months or so, I just invite people that I don't know who are doing some cool stuff in our space over to my house. 
for just you know some cocktails, some wine, some hors d'oeuvres, and we'll just kind of hang out and talk personal stuff, business stuff, just get to know each other. But there's something magical that happens when someone enters into your front door. Yeah. Like you're welcoming yeah. them into your home. It's almost like vampires have to be invited into a house, right? Right. It's, there's something special that happens there. And I like I don't know about you, but I think like because well, we started online around the same time, right? We've been on we're kind of like internet dinosaurs. And I think back <laughs> in the day, the whole promise was like, come online, hide behind your computer, put out some ebooks, yeah. and never talk to anyone ever again. And I think, <laughs> I think a lot of us yeah. found that attractive because we got so sick and tired of training clients in person. Right. But then we realized we're like, fuck, this is miserable. Yeah. And I really think there's a huge swing that's happening culturally now. Like the more digital we get, the more people are craving this intimate type of relationship. And not like sexual, but just actual connection with humans. Are you finding uh, that as well? Like right. in your space, the people that you surround yourself with, either online or offline, that this is a, have you, have you seen kind of a similar type of trend with uh, in your surroundings? Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, for me, definitely. Like, it's so funny because, like you said, I was cracking up. You know, I used to love that to be able to make a bunch of money uh, online and, and not not go out or not talk to people. Yeah. But now it's the bane of my existence. Like, I can't get off the computer fast enough, and that's because I feel like to discover this superpower late in life that I love being around people and I love connecting and I'll do it for free all day. Like, when I spend a lot of my time, and I'm not even saying this you know, to brag, but just, just how, how great it is and how more people should do it. Like my friends reach out to me, Hey, can you help me with this thing or that thing? Yeah, absolutely. Let's meet in, in an hour. I'll be right there. Like I, I just love being out and amongst people and it just makes you feel so good, you know, t- to give back and to help people. And, uh, and I do see that from so many other friends too, from, from colleagues and whatnot where, where they're pushing, they're doing more live event stuff and, just getting off of the, uh, like you said, like it was, I don't know, 15 years ago or whatever. Yeah. It's, I don't, I don't know. Many people are like, they get back from a, a social media blitz or they're online typing up some sales copy and they come out like on fire compared to actually like going to an event and hanging out with people. Right. You know? Yeah. So what advice do you give to, let's say people in our space, you know, who are either starting their business online or they're looking to grow their existing one from your years and all the wisdom you've acquired, like what advice do you give to them to build a business that is successful but also gives them a deep level of fulfillment in the process? Mm. You know, there's so many questions I think you should ask yourself, but what would you do if money was no object? Would would you do this for free? So so many people say, oh, well, this specific niche is untapped. It's gonna make a lot of money. Well, (laughs) do you love it? Are you gonna do it every day for free? Like what would you, go down the street and help someone with for free at the gym or at the coffee shop or whatever forever, you know, mm-hmm. like be sure it's something you're really passionate about or if money was no object, you'd still do. So it, it, I think that's the most important thing. What really lights you up and then just speak to, and you know, I could go both ways on this. So, so one school of thought says you should speak to a super specific niche, paint the avatar. Okay. It's a 38 year old guy who lives here and does that. And I do believe that's good advice for when you're starting out. Uh, you should probably do that and you know come up, solve, solve a problem, and ideally a problem in your own life. Like, okay, I don't have uh, time for workouts, so you create 15-minute workouts, whatever. I'm just using a super easy example. Mm-hmm. Solve a problem in your own life. Uh, make sure it's useful to other people. 
Uh, also, a business idea has to be something not only that you're passionate about, that you can monetize, and that you can be really good at and stand out and be exceptional at. So if it's those three things. Uh, I think it's good advice at the beginning to speak to that super specific target niche audience. But as you get out there and grow and get bigger and you think bigger, I think that's a little limiting. I think that's where I'm going with that. Is that is a little bit limiting. Like, I think too many people think small and limit their, their self. So, okay, I can only talk to 45-year-old golfers. Okay, maybe. And you could certainly make millions doing that. But I like to think bigger now. I like to think of myself you know, I was able to do what Jay-Z and The Rock do. So I'm not going to speak to an ultra-specific niche. And if I hired some business coaches, they might say, dude, you're going too broad right now. You're casting too wide of a net. And yeah, okay, I get that. And if I was starting out, maybe. But I think that's too limiting as you gain more confidence and you get better at what you're doing. You know, just as long as you're trying to just try to help. You got, you got a good good product, good service, something you would do forever. I, I think you can't go wrong. Cool. No, good advice. I like it. And talk about social media because you know you're you've got a presence on on social media how, and you talked about like not being on your phone all day. How do you navigate social media? Like what is what is a day in the life of Jay look like social media wise? Uh, I'm not the best at it, and I know mutual friends of ours would would, would yell at me and say I got to step it up a little. But I just prioritize people and real life experiences so much that I'm willing to sacrifice some of my reach and, and some of the amount of money I can make. Like most of my friends would, would tell you, all my friends would tell you, they've never seen my, my phone out at, at a dinner or lunch table. How it just doesn't you? come out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, uh, you know, I don't document as much as I should. Some days I'll get gung-ho on it. You know, I'll talk to one of our mutual friends who's really good at it, and I'll do it for a little bit, and I'm like, dude, I just miss amazing conversations. Like, this is annoying me. I really don't want to do this. So I'm not the best at it. So I don't have, the only thing I have on my phone, I don't have, I don't know if anyone even uses Twitter anymore, but I don't have Facebook on my phone. I don't have email on my phone. I have Instagram on my phone, and I log in and log out twice a day. So I log in, post some stuff, uh, you know, like some friend stuff, comment a little, interact, support some people, respond to comments, and then I'll log back out so, so I can't go back in until later on. And I post at least once a day on Instagram, and then I just – I know it's not ideal, but I uh, select a little thing that posts it automatically to Facebook because I, I refuse to go on Facebook. Uh, and that's about, you know, that, that, that's how I do it. I, I focus more on the podcast uh, for getting, you know, reaching people. And honestly, email still works great. So I can get up in, in the morning and, and pump out an email in 15, 30 minutes. Yep. And then that works more effectively, actually. That's cool. I, I, mean, I agree with you. Like, I don't have email, Facebook, or Instagram, or that thing called Twitter on my phone. So I don't, I don't do any of that stuff. Because I recognize, like, for me, my personality is, like, if I start, like, I, I've caught myself on occasions, like, scrolling through a Facebook news feed on my phone for 30 minutes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, for I'm sure. Like, what the hell am I doing? And I really believe that environment trumps willpower, at least in my case. Yeah. So I'm yeah. like, if I know this is my tendency, I'm going to get it off my phone and figure out another system to make this work somehow. But it's tricky because, you know, there obviously are ways to monetize social. There are ways to really add value. And there, are, I mean, but again, like we, I've had clients, we've got mutual friends that are posting Instagram stories like every second of the day. And it's like, is that the life you want to live? Like, I personally don't want to do that. I don't want to have my phone around when my kids are with me. Mm -hmm. I want to be present. I want to enjoy my, I don't, I think for me, the big distinction was, I stopped caring about Instagram when I started feeling like I had to take pictures of everything I was eating. Mm. <laughs> what, the, right. what am I doing? Like, just live yeah. your life. Like, I don't need to document every single part of it. And I understand right. that some people, it works for them and that's their thing. 
But I think it goes back to what you said. It's like really identify what you what you love to do. Like what is it that's important to you? What is it that's just you know a time suck or an energy suck? And and spend more time on the former. And I don't know about you, but if I'm around people, you know, if we're out doing something fun and they're Instagram storing, storing the whole fucking experience, I want to lose my mind. I oh, said, bro, why did you even come hang out with you? Like, put your phone away. Seriously, it's like, it's like a, a celebrity moment for them almost. It's like they have to document, document it because it's cool. Yeah. And their followers who probably don't even know who they are are going to be interested. Yeah, I mean, I get it if we're hanging out for four hours uh, and you want to post two things, but if you're documenting the whole thing, oh, here's our appetizer. Oh, now we're going bowling. Now we're going to this bar. Like, dude, come on. Yeah. I know. It's too much. <laughs> Once in a while, it's okay. But, it, but when it's your whole thing, I think it's a little much. Totally. And that's the irony. It's like, you know, we feel or a lot of people feel they have to do this for whatever reason. So people like them, who they don't even know, instead of actually being present with the people in their presence. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's a, it's a great and, conversation. And dude, you, you know, you and I grew up, uh, I think you're, we're close to the same age. There's plenty of people who made a lot of money and had a lot of impact that didn't have to do any of that stuff. And I think I still think there's something to, you know, having a little bit of that mystique and and being more exclusive and and reducing frequency and stuff like that. I mean, I get that, you know, social media gurus are telling you you have to be in front of people 24 seven, but I don't agree with that. I mean, we we, we went, I don't know how many years without all that and Mm -hmm. people still were pretty successful. Yep. I'm sure there's there's people that are doing that are doing great with classified ads in the newspaper still. Right, and, and that's the that's the that's the tough part about this day and age. Is like everyone thinks they have to be doing this and this and this and this and this, and it's like shit. Like you don't have to do all that stuff. Like there, for everything you think you should be doing, there's someone else who's not doing that, who's crushing it, yeah. and is uh, laying in a hammock right now, just enjoying life or whatever it is <laughs> yeah. they're doing. You know? Yeah, and you hit on a great point there. I think that's great advice for someone starting their business or who's struggling looking to grow their business. Do one thing, just what you said. Yeah. Like, don't try to do all different forms of social media and have a blog and a podcast and a YouTube channel. Pick one thing that really that you like to do. If, if you like to write, and everyone's saying, "Oh no, you have to podcast." Don't podcast. Just write. Like, there's always going to be written word from now until eternity, and there'll always be books and there'll always be blogs or whatever. So do that and, and do really well at that. Like that was all I did for years is I just, I would get up every day and write a minimum of 500 words. And that's largely responsible for the success I have today. Yeah. Like if you just want to do YouTube, that's your thing. Do YouTube videos two to five days a week and don't worry about anything else. And then if you want to chop them up for Instagram, cool, do that one thing, Maybe, you know, and do one thing in business. Like in, in 2018, instead of being the guy who gives you workouts, uh, nutrition, lifestyle, this, that, and the other thing. Maybe be an expert at one thing. Like Jason Phillips has this nutrition coaching certification. Mm-hmm. And uh, some guys just do kettlebell stuff. I, I think you're going to have a much better chance of standing out if you just do one thing. Eventually, once that one thing is crushing, maybe you can move on to a second thing and then maybe a third thing. But if you try to have those two and three things at once, forget about it. You're going to be buried. You're always going to be stressed out. You're always going to have anxiety off the charts. And you're really never going to get anywhere. Yeah, I call it the underwear drawer. Which means, like, if 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 we have a cabinets of of stuff, what is the drawer you want to occupy in your market's mind, right? I am the underwear mm-hmm. drawer. I yeah, am the sock yeah. drawer. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah all I did for li- literally like the first twelve or fifteen years of my career was I talked about how to get bigger, stronger, faster. So just workouts. I don't think I mentioned nutrition once for like the first ten years, and I talk uh, and I did it through through uh, a blog. That was it. Nothing mm-hmm. else. 
Yep, absolutely. And I, and I do believe like focusing on that one thing is huge. Like it is, I think the most dangerous question you can ask someone or have someone ask you is what's new and exciting. Right. It's a dangerous question because we think that we have to always be doing new things and exciting things. But honestly, I feel so much happier answering that question by nothing is new and exciting. It's the same old boring goodness. <laughs> it's just yeah. more of the same thing, you know? Yeah. That's so funny because, dude, that's crazy that you said that. I had a bunch of people this weekend. I was at an event with 500 plus people and a bunch of people asked me that question. Yep. And I basically gave your answer. And I was yeah. like second guessing. I was like. Should I be giving them a different answer? But that's really true, you know? It's a sign, it's a sign of wisdom. So for all of you yeah. guys listening, not only do we have the same hairstyle, um, but we also have the same level of sageness and, and wisdom. <laughs> right. Uh, this, is, this has been a lot of fun, Jay. Um, let's, let's move into the rapid five. Are you ready? Sure. All right, man. So five rapid fire questions, whatever comes top of mind is probably the right answer. So number is it one. Is like a, a one word answer or you want me to elaborate? You can, I mean, you can quickly elaborate if you need right, to, right, because whatever, right. whatever's uh, sure. most suitable. So sure. first question is, what is your biggest weakness? Um, I think it's still thinking, it's still going against the advice I just gave. It's still thinking that I'm more superhuman than I am and I could take on too many things. So I always have to be reminded. That's why I reread the book, The One Thing and Essentialism, all yeah. the time. I have to be reminded of what I just told you. And that's why I think we all have to have accountability and coaches and kind of things in place to remind us of that. Because I can get suckered into it just like anybody else can. Oh, this is a huge opportunity. And I could probably be pretty good at it. And then once I start, I'm like, fuck, I got to get out of this. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Number two, other than improv and stand up comedy, what is your biggest strength? Uh, just building relationships and connecting with people. Nice. Number three, what's one skill you've had to become very good at in order to grow your business? Listening. There should be a course on public listening. Yep. Instead of there public should. speaking. Yeah, no, I agree. That's a great idea because we're never taught that. Yeah. Right, maybe we should work on that. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah, we'll just get off course and we'll work on something else. Uh, <laughs> Uh, number four, what do you do first thing in the morning? Uh, I Do you want the whole – I'll give a quick rundown. So I get up. I put on uh, hot water, which I drink with lemon. And while, while I'm doing that, brushing my teeth and all that, I will then um, – I'm sorry. First, I meditate for five minutes. I used to medita meditate for 30 minutes, and that became overwhelming. So I'll meditate for five minutes, put on the hot water with lemon. Then I read. I'll either read uh, Seneca, uh, Marcus Aurelius, the Tao Te Ching. Uh, Epictetus, something that was written over a thousand years ago, first thing in the morning. So I'll read just, you know, just read one passage of that. I write in my gratitude journal and then I eat and then I get into my uh, most important task of the day and then I get out. Hopefully within an hour of being waking up, being awake, I uh, get out and get sunlight and movement by taking a walk with Bronx. Awesome. Love it. And finally, complete this sentence. I know I'm being successful when... Uh, I know I'm being successful when I'm making people feel good, uh, making them smile, making them laugh, um, introducing them, you know, connecting. That's a large part of my life. So a, a lot of the time I spend out with friends just connecting and, and focusing on other people and complimenting them. And um, like, like if that was my epitaph, like that was my one line on my tombstone, here lies Jay, he made people feel better. I'd be very happy with that. Awesome. I love it. Jay, this has been a lot of fun 
just chatting, shooting the breeze, hopefully giving our listeners some things to think about. Uh, first and foremost, I want to acknowledge you for everything you've done for our industry over the past, you know, decade and a half. Um, obviously, you're one of the, the original gangsters doing some amazing work and serving a lot of people. And just want to acknowledge you for that and for who the person for the person you are. Like honestly, like you're a great dude, and it's just a great to see your evolution. And I uh, just want to acknowledge you for that. Thanks so much, brother. I really appreciate that. You're welcome. And what is the best place for our listeners to stay in touch with you or follow your work online or listen to your podcast? Uh, if you just go to j.fit, that's my main site, and you can find everything on there, jay.fit, and then um, renegaderadiopodcast.com. Awesome. All right, guys, listen in. It's a great podcast, and Jay's got tons of awesome stuff, so follow him online, stalk him in a healthy way, and I hope <laughs> you guys have enjoyed this one. All right, so I hope you enjoyed this one as much as I did. Uh, Jay is a great guy, great friend, and doing some awesome stuff in our space. I want to leave you with one call to action today, and the reason for this is because time is of the essence. Uh, we have our annual event, Healthpreneur Live, taking place September 20th to 23rd in Scottsdale, Arizona. Tickets are almost sold out. We only allow 150 people to join us, and it's by invitation or application only. If you've been listening to this podcast for any amount of time and you enjoy what I'm bringing you, and if you're enjoying these guests, many of these guests you'll be able to meet in person. But most importantly, you'll be able to connect with 150 other health and fitness entrepreneurs doing great things in their businesses. We're talking about coaches, authors, practitioners, naturopaths, dietitians, like the whole gamut. And we're coming together. We all just, we do this once a year, and it's our big family gathering. And the reason why we limit it to 150 people is because I believe in scaling by going deeper, not wider. A lot of other events, there are you know, there's no shortage of events. They keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and it's like a pissing contest. Hey, I've got a thousand people at this one. We have so many cool speakers. Ours, there's no ego. There's 150 amazing people, from people kind of getting the getting things going with their business to businesses doing eight figures and everywhere in between. There's no ego. The speakers who are on stage will also be sitting beside you for three days at your table. There's no, here are the speakers, here's the VIP section. Everybody who comes to our event is considered a VIP. Whether you're a speaker or not, everyone's on the same playing field. And that's just the environment that we create so that everyone can just let their guard down and really connect at a deeper level. And I just found there's just so much ego and BS at so many different events where you have like little cliques forming of people who are more successful than others or like, you know, beginners are over there. Uh, and this is not about that. So if you want to connect with myself at a deeper level, with other amazing entrepreneurs in our space at a deeper level, then this is the event you need to be at. We've talked about this, how you cannot grow a successful business in isolation. Almost all of our guests have said one of the things that they wish they had done sooner was start going to events and connecting with other people and hiring a mentor sooner. I can't overemphasize how important that is. You have to be connected with the right people. You have to be in environments that are going to lift you up and raise your momentum. They're going to raise your energy because that energy and that momentum is going to last you for months after the event and it's going to help you create the things you want to create in your business with a lot more facility. So if you want to join us, here's where you got to go. Healthpreneurgroup.com forward slash live. Healthpreneurgroup.com forward slash live. Do that right now. Do not finish what you're doing. If you're walking your dog, if you're driving your car, pull over, put it in park, take out your phone, 
type it into the browser. When you land the page, you're gonna see a red button that says request an invitation. Click that button, fill out the questions that are on the next page and submit. Once I get that, we will review it. We'll get back to you within 24 to 48 hours to make sure all is good. And if we have any further questions, we can have a quick chat about your application. That's what I'd like you to do right now. If you're on your desktop or on your computer, just get it done because again, space is limited. We wanna make sure that we have given you enough time to think through this, to look at the option uh, for attending. And I'm telling you, like this is an event that you will remember for a long time to come. We had some amazing business relationships that I didn't even, I didn't even know about that happened last year, at last year's event. I was actually at dinner, I'll just give you an example. I was at dinner a couple of weeks ago with a friend, uh, with a number of friends for a bachelor party. And one of the people there was actually at the events and he was telling me, he's like, dude, this is the best event I've ever been to. And I would love to come this year, but I'm gonna be in Colombia for a month. And I said, why are you going to Colombia? He's like, well, I connected with two of the guys at the event from last year and they started shooting a bunch of YouTube videos together. And this is back in already, you know, just after that event. And one of those videos went viral on YouTube and now has millions of views and it's generated so much business for the respective businesses. And I never even knew about this. And this is just what's possible. I mean, I don't even know, you know, the, the, the things that might happen when you bring amazing people into the room, but that is what is possible if you're in the right place. So again, if you're new to the podcast, and you're interested in the events, or if you've been listening to the podcast for a while and you wanna check it out, now is the time to take action. Healthpreneurgroup.com forward slash live. Do that now and I'll see you in our next episode.